Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I got a glass of wine. I got a cigarette. I should be feeling fine. I ain't feeling nothing yet. She's leading the second line. I feel like I'm in front of it. Yes, I am tonight. Okay. Uh, got. Pierce and Max with me today. Uh, Kevin couldn't be with us, so we've we've played a, a dirty, dirty trick on him that you'll find out later. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it is still, you know, it, it is still the end of summer. Quite literally, today is the last day of of summer as we're recording this. Uh, but but we're starting to head into uh the the time of year where the reason you might um stay inside and sleep in or just sort of generally stay snuggled under the blankets a little later uh is different no longer will it be because it is dangerously hot to go outside although pierce that probably will be the case for you until you know, late October anyway. Yep. Um, but, but it'll, it'll be because it starts to get cool out and it's, and it's so nice to, to be inside and, and, and swaddled in the warmth. And I don't know about you, but I have just recently added another, uh, weapon to that coziness arsenal. You put uh, a hot tub in your bedroom. Oh, in a in a weighted blanket oh. as well. Oh yes, one of one of those I things. I want a weighted yes. blanket on top of me in a hot tub. That sounds very dangerous. <laughs> That's oh, called God. drowning. Oh, yeah. uh, no. Swimming um, with the fishes. Uh, for for the longest time, uh, my primary TV has been a TV that used to belong to Pierce. Mm-hmm. You you know you graciously. Uh, parted ways with it when you were moving to a new place because you wanted to upgrade and get a, a new set. Um, and I was a little too broke to, uh, buy a TV for myself at that point. Uh, but during the, uh, 4th of July sales, I bought myself a TV and found myself with a conundrum of what to do with, you know, second TV uh, and that's when I remembered there's another room in my apartment. Mm. Oh, the bathroom? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you imagine? Like the ESPN, ESPN zone mounted TV above your bathroom. So. Oh, see, you, you, haven't been, you haven't been to Richmond to see my apartment. Pierce has. So I think Pierce may know the level of hilarity of putting a 50-inch TV in my bathroom. Uh, no, it's bedroom TV. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, the focus of of our discussion here is really, are bedroom TVs good or bad? And I think that there will be a a range of opinions here, or I'm pretty sure I have a different opinion than the the two of you. But but one thing that 
just just give some history for for people and how how television has worked over the last i'd say 20 years we we like and you mentioned espn zone max there was this moment where people put tvs in every room of of their house and i think when this was most popular um or when it was peaking tvs themselves were not very good and then the plasma tv and high definition television entered the picture and it kind of changed everything and all of a sudden tvs got way more expensive and so there was there's been this correction of people getting really nice tvs um and and they've gotten subsequently cheaper but we keep like the picture quality keeps getting better and i feel like there's this constant catch-up of like oh now i want ultra hd or i want you know I want bigger, but I want it to be thinner. And, and you know, Samsung is going to come out with a $8 billion, you know, TV or whatever. But we've had this back and forth. And in the meantime, we've like entered the picture where we can buy TVs now. And so I think the, you know, Sean, when you talk about adding a second bedroom TV, I think it's important to note that we are talking about like fully featured TVs, not not like the one that you stick behind the mirror in the bathroom, which which were popular at one point, I'd say in the earlier 2000s. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a smart TV, but that's also because nobody makes non-smart TVs anymore, oh, really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like the the types of TVs have changed a lot and and, you know, big has become big and high quality pictures become way more important than lots well yeah and 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 the newer the newer sort of technologies the oleds and the 4k Mm -hmm. and the 8k and the the curved monitors um have made uh just a, a regular a regular old quote unquote um full hd tv extremely attainable price-wise like i'm not shopping for two thousand dollar tvs i'm shopping for like three hundred dollar tvs that are on sale for two hundred dollars yeah so like i I don't know it's not i'm intrigued by the the whole concept of like making this about the explosion of tv quality it's 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 not but i i think it's important to say like and this will come up too but when people are quote-unquote buying tvs now it's weird for a tv to be smaller than like 40 inches like we're we're just like the concept of a tv is is <clears throat> how it's changed is pretty pretty wild to me you can spend 200 dollars on a very nice and large tv that has a a beautiful picture that you can fire up planet earth on and you can hear i guess david attenborough and you can really feel like you can see all the fur or the feathers on well, yeah, things. anything smaller than that is just a an external monitor yes but max you, well, you I, seem... just, I don't know that i agree with a lot of your assessment on on tvs changing like i i vividly remember when f- flat panel tvs first came out both mm-hmm. lcd and plasmas were new and it was high definition was the new thing yeah and basically everyone had to replace all their tvs Correct. right but after yeah. that I don't think any of the advancements have had a significant impact on the average consumer. Yeah. Like a like a good oh, forty two inch ten eighty p TV is I'm, still really good. I'm hard with Max on this. No, nothing has like, been. No one is going out and replacing. Oh, exactly. Nothing's like, been obsoleted out since since the advent def. of the high definition. 
Right. And so maybe there's people buying curved 8K, this and that, but, like, I really don't... I've got, like, a really nice Vizio, like Sean said, like, three or four hundred dollar. I don't see any reason to replace that anytime soon. OLED. And we even went to the store shopping, you know, a year ago for a television, and even the guy at the store couldn't... He didn't even really try to convince us. He's like, oh, do you want your blacks to be darker? I'm like, no, what? (laughs) I don't think I've ever been watching TV and been like, man, I really wish this dark scene that's hard to see was even darker. Like watching the Game of Thrones fighting episodes and being like, I really wish I couldn't see this at all. (laughs) It it sort of smacks the episode of How I Met Your Mother uh, where where Neil Patrick Harris's character, Barney Stinson, goes into a TV store and, and is like asking for help you know, picking out a TV and he's told that uh, CRT has the truest blacks and that's the one he buys. And then you realize that this is all part of a pattern where he sees, uh, you know, he like sees his uh, his love interest out with someone else and goes into the back alley behind the bar and smashes the TV. So he like gets advice just to smash the TV. I... I'm going to belabor the point just a little bit more. Things that are advanced are, I would just point out, one, plasmas, people stop buying those because they burn out really quickly. If Sean had a plasma TV from me, it would have burned out before I had even given it to him. Um, the other thing is <clears throat> when those first came out, they were huge. And even the the TV that is in your bedroom now, Sean, I'm sure is much heavier and thicker than the one you purchased. That's oh, the other orders thing. of magnitude. It, and and I see what you're saying, Max, and, and I agree that like we cannot we cannot effectively see the differences between the TV Sean has and like the TV you know I bought most recently. That TV is um, also not a functioning smart TV. Yeah, that that's true. I, I think kind of the bells and whistles in you know what's a computer type stuff, but there have been advancements that you know you can put it up on the wall whereas you know you can't put a hundred pound tv i mean you can't put a hundred pound tv on the wall they used to put them in the walls yeah. <laughs> you guys remember you that to, yeah you have to put them my in aunt the walls. Had, my aunt had a cutout for like a 27 inch <laughs> tube tv it was in the wall so it was flat and then the curved screen <laughs> it was like the reason they didn't want you to get too close to that is is not that it would burn your eyes out, which maybe it could have, but it's like you won't be able to see anything because it'll just be like four pixels or whatever. Um, <laughs> but but like we we've also we've also strayed a little bit. Um, really, historically, TVs were expensive. You had one TV; it was ritualistic to sit around and watch it. You might watch it for six hours a day, but you know there wasn't that much to watch, so it was important and special what you watched. Um, we have basically obliterated that over the last, uh, you know, 15 plus years, really since I think really about the time we were in college and, and binging TV became such a thing. And and that's where the TV in the bedroom comes in. Um, and I do think, and I'd be interested to hear what you all think, having an actual TV in your bedroom, a as, as we kind of define TV, is very different than like I'm watching something on my laptop or watching something on my phone or iPad in your in your room because there is a commitment to now this is a TV space not an occasional watching things space. Um I don't think so, I agree with that. Yeah, it's, uh, I I get what you're saying, but I I'm I'm not really that's not how it has played out for me. I would say <laughs> I use the TV in my bedroom 
maybe twice a week. Um, it's like it's nice to have, you know, yeah. throw on ESPN while you're, you know, falling asleep like you're in a hotel room or watch a, you know, watch a little Saturday morning cartoons. It's a new season of Archer. Um, but, you know, it, it also is like it's what I found is it's nice to have like on on days. So like I, I'm I'm taking the day off tomorrow because I am on the schedule to I like I'm on the weekend rotation. So I'm reporting on Sunday this week. And so I'll probably use some chunk of tomorrow for like house chores and, and stuff like that. And so if I do three loads of laundry that are all going to have to get folded, that's kind of primo, you know, situation for bedroom TV because I can watch something, you know, with a little more commitment than, you know, a laptop screen. I can actually do the chores while I'm watching rather than having to hold my phone. And then I'm just, I'm in the place where I can then put away the laundry. Yeah. And and Max, I I think actually you have most recently had a roommate or roommates in which the selections you make for what TV to watch may induce um, the bedroom TV decision. Like you're like, nope, we're not going to watch the same stuff. So I'm going to put a TV in my bedroom. I don't know if you've I actually don't know if you've had one or maybe you did. Um, But but I, I mean, for me, Sean has described something that is not unhealthy. I feel like watching TV in your bedroom twice a week is not not the worst thing. Um, ha, are you in your past? Do you feel like you've had you've had a healthy relationship with your bedroom TV, or has it been a very long time since you've done that? Um. So I, there's a history there, right? Like I remember growing up in my parents' house where I had my bedroom. And I finally did get a TV in there where I had my video game console in, like, junior year high school. But that was more than a bedroom. That was my room. Similarly, like, in college, I had either a dorm room or a single room. And so there was TVs in those rooms that happened to be my bedroom, but they weren't just my bedroom. (laughs) They were my whole living space. Um, I think TV in the bedroom, when you have multiple rooms, which I think is an important distinction from, like, a studio... Uh, I have a, I have a struggling relationship with them. I think that I would prefer not to have one. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think of the bedroom as a space to sleep and potentially read, but the alternative of not having a TV in the bedroom is having a smartphone in the bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know that the true alter, like by not having a TV in my bedroom, am I reading and going to bed earlier or am I doom scrolling on my phone? And I don't want to answer that, but we, but you can answer that for yourself, dear listeners, because you know the answer. Um, so like, but there, there is another thing there, which is my, my, you know, my current roommate, uh, Bridget likes to fall asleep with TV on and I cannot fall asleep with the TV on. Mm. Um, easy solution there is to put the TV on for 10 minutes and then I can turn it off. (laughs) But, um, but I, I do kind of, I wouldn't say fear, but I don't love the idea of having a TV in the bedroom because I do think we would use it more often than Sean. But at the same time, we had one in, in you know, I've, I, I could see instances where I wake up at, at 
you know, a little late on a Sunday. Maybe it's 9.55. And rather than getting out of bed to watch Sunday morning football, I could just turn on the bedroom TV. Um, well, you also, you said some other magic words in, in your in your discussion of, of your historical relationship with the bedroom TV. Video game console. I had a hard line. I was like, the PlayStation is not going into my bedroom. That's that's bad news because I've never I don't think I ever had a bedroom TV as a kid uh, but we had sort of like a an upstairs like a, a playroom like play sort room. of situation yeah um, and and I I had a, a bit of a habit of staying up way too late uh, playing video games and it's just like 2 a.m. comedy central and cartoon network shows <laughs> just like didn't want to give you know didn't want that option on the table um but yeah i I don't know i mean i i very much see the you know the significant other with different tv taste thing in my future um Mm -hmm. so it'll it'll be i I watched so you think you can dance last night yeah how 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 was that that um, didn't that didn't change your that didn't get you fully in camp bedroom TV. <laughs> I'm not answering that. No comment. Um, <laughs> I, I so uh, inadvertently what we've run to is we have to define what we mean by TV and what we mean by bedroom. But you did you did hit on an important thing, Max. It is like the point the point in my life where I had a TV in my quote unquote bedroom was was also in college. But I I kind of like went from a thing where it's like. I had a TV and I had roommates that we could generally agree on superior watching. And so it was in a common place. And then it was like, all right, that is not my roommate situation now. My room, my bedroom is really my room. It is my space. And so like all my stuff is going in here. And and I think that's different. I'm also okay. imagining from what you said, Max, like a very progressive thing where it's like, uh, this is, uh, yeah, I have a studio apartment in, in a house, uh, with people who have the same last name as me, which it's like, oh, your childhood bedroom, you mean, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but yeah, so I, I had, and I wrote this down before is, is I had my, my rumspringa with, uh, with the TV in the bedroom in college as, you know, as that's how college works. Um, but on the other side of it, Max, you hit on some things that I think are, are important. If a bedroom is a room in a space you have and you have other spaces i am a big proponent of like i don't think a tv should go in a bedroom and i feel bad when i am using devices in the bedroom because i've definitely seen that you know not seeing things on screens around bedtime uh definitely makes my sleep better and i think that the phone is enough of a of a uh you know, kind of a temptation. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and this is a me thing, but I do not think I could handle going back to, oh, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just sit here and, and watch this. And then all of a sudden the bedroom becomes something other than a bedroom. And I think I want to keep that, you know, sanctity of the yes. room. And I, and I think there is a nice solution that we've come up with by happenstance but I do appreciate it very much, which is that um, for our van travels, we purchased a small, very affordable, portable projector. Mm -hmm. And so every (laughs) once in a while, 
it could be a special occasion to get in bed early and watch something on the projector on the wall. And so we haven't done that in a while, but that's kind of like a, you know, you could you can almost make your bedroom into a movie theater and watch something in there. Um, yeah. That you wouldn't necessarily do in your living room. Yeah. Like, you have to have a projector for that. But. Do you have mm-hmm. to like, do you, do you make it so that you kind of have to get the projector out and set it up every time? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't leave it set up, but it's it's a super, I mean, the projector is like the size of a, uh, it's like two two decks of cards attached maybe it's very small oh yeah um i mean i think you can just just like stream to it from your computer it's a bit of a setup but it it, you know a couple minutes and you can get it set up no but but that works and like my my version of that is that like i don't have anywhere to sit in my bedroom i have one chair in there but it is famously the uh the clothes chair Mm -hmm. and so like i i don't I, i don't make a habit of like sitting in bed like once i get out of bed for the day i am out of bed for the day and so like that makes it very easy to not overuse the bedroom tv yeah my my concern is not the beginning of the day uh but it is the end of the day because i mean yeah all and there's there's all the research like the fact that there the the fact that night shift on phones and screens and everything is something we don't even we just assume that the device does it anymore um shows you that like yes our our natural way of getting information interacting with people is is bad for us around bedtime so so adding in the screens at night that that's the thing that i'm like i don't even want to give myself the temptation Mm -hmm. i almost feel bad reading right before bed because then that becomes a habit that i need to fall asleep as opposed to my body should just be like it's time i need to go to sleep oh well pierce is a superhero i guess but no uh, I, I, if kevin no, was pierce, here he would pierce probably deems, tell us the same thing no pierce deems himself to be a, a person of very weak constitution yes <laughs> yes yeah. I need I need um, to what I should be doing is like reading not even reading in my bedroom reading in a chair in a separate room mm-hmm. and then when I start to feel tired I go into the bedroom because that yeah. should only be for tired time essentially yeah. I, I definitely agree I think that if I have any concern about it it is nighttime the idea of like waking up on a Sunday morning and throwing on football or waking up on a Saturday morning and throwing on cartoons like that actually doesn't bother me like staying in bed an extra hour watching something seems fine and reasonable um it's the fear of 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 trying to like getting used to watching tv every night and then because again i can't fall asleep to a tv so we'll put on something just objectively terrible and then i'll watch the whole thing and then i'm like why did i just watch an hour and a half documentary that was objectively awful um and i well, feel like i don't i don't need to to do that and, and and sean even mentioned you know it feels like you're in a hotel like i i i've stayed in hotels when i'm in a hotel the tv's on like that's what's there for right i, I was in a some TV. of them even was... just say hello max right when you walk in like okay that's the creepiest thing i've ever seen that sounds horrible yeah, i was disgusting. in a hotel on on friday night and i found myself did the tv say hi to you it did not but i i'm not gonna say i was forced but my options were limited and so I was watching uh, FSU play Louisville in football. And, 
you know, it was just on and it was something. And I just watched it and yep. considered to myself, am I still hungry? Should I eat something at, at like 11 o'clock? Because what else are you going to do? And and that's just that it's interesting we're talking about it this week because it was a, it was a that in itself yeah. was an awful experience when I reflect upon yeah. it. I mean, a hotel, granted, it's, it's again, it's back to that one one room. Like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to leave that room. It's you're, you're sort of in the living room and the bedroom at the same time if you're in a hotel room. So, you know, I don't know that there's any difference between that and, and either, fa- you know, falling asleep on your couch in your living room watching that same game. <laughs> and, and so what I'm saying is if you if you are fortunate to have multiple rooms to call your own, I think that the bed in the entertainment area should be separate because those if you if you distill it to that those are diametrically opposed bed no inner well you know um bed theoretically (laughs) theoretically for sleeping um entertainment area the opposite of sleeping (laughs) i mean look i I understand i understand what you're saying and i understand the desire to keep these these things separate part of me wants to just say like yeah it's uh, this is not a problem of bedroom tvs this is a problem of you not having the willpower to turn off florida state louisville well so you know it's an issue of personal responsibility yeah it, it definitely it definitely feels like the you know the the oh why why did you put yourself in that position take which is which is which is wrong but I am avoiding that position in in part because I genuinely feel that it being there, I am not I am not giving the bedroom the purpose that it, it should have. Um, I don't I honestly I I don't think I would watch stuff because I value that at this point. But it just gets into and we've talked about this before, but being really purposeful about your spaces and everything else and you know, what you value in those spaces. And that is, I, I have plenty of entertainment in, in other ways. And, you know, I can certainly look at my phone with the best of them, but uh, bedroom TV, I don't even know where I'd put it. I, I It would like block a window. And there are a few things sadder than when you take a TV and you block a window with it. I'll, I'll walk around my neighborhood and I see people that have these really nice front windows. And I look and I just see the TV because they've blocked the window. I'm like, well, what are, what are we doing? Like, why, why are you doing that? It's like, whoa, whoa, the, the glare comes from behind it and then I can't see the TV. It's like, well, then maybe you should just watch TV for a couple hours at night once it's dark and go enjoy the sunshine while we still have it and it's not melting us, which, you know, not that much longer. I feel like it's it's been melting you for several months, hasn't it? Yeah, but I really mean in the in global terms. <laughs> Okay. Now, now that we've turned this into a global warming pod, I think maybe we should uh, trek ahead to to Pierce's sorry. I, I guess. Oh, this is this is a personal one this week. Um, Wait, uh, are they not all? No this this one's different. And I I well, it may not have been recognized, and I and I already made this apology, and and it was in front of some of you all. But I will say again. Max, I'm sorry for bullying you into buying or almost buying a thermometer. You do not need to buy a fancy thermometer or what you found to be a fancy thermometer. Um, I uh, I actually had this on my list before 
we we saw each other in person um but you do not need to buy a fancy thermometer you can live your life you do not need another thing with a digital screen in your spaces um so i i commend you for for being game and thinking about it but don't let like me or a robert in our kitchen wizardry and gadgets um take you over the edge into a a a slippery slope of too much kitchen crap well thank you (laughs) i will i will say i already have an a digital instant read thermometer so this wouldn't add to my repertoire you said you said you don't yeah but you said you don't you said it's not a very good one and i I don't think it is i don't i just don't i don't know if it's not a very good one or i just don't trust thermometers with how i cook but maybe you know it's possible that it works i find that if i if i try to cook like a like a steak i feel like is the perfect thing to test a thermometer on because there's like a very clear 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 range of like a steak cooking temperature and if i use my current thermometer and cook a steak to what it says would be like medium rare it's it's like well done so i don't trust it (laughs) this this gets in the whole thing about um you know the temperature is just hit is like 165 for chicken but um, that's if it hits 165 at any moment it is cooked. Whereas you could theoretically, and I do not recommend this, I do not recommend this, but if you cook it to 150 and it stays at 150 for a certain number of seconds, that has the same effectiveness as hitting that spike of 165. That's why sous vide works the way it does because you get it to a temperature for a long period of time and it, it kills bacteria. Um, there is... a uh, uh, there is a ThermoWorks blog about this, which I learned a lot from. We, it, they, but it's they it's blog. not specifically that it gets it to that temperature. It's just that it is long enough at that heat that the bacteria is killed off. Okay, so if you're so it's like zapping versus like simmering. So if you are sous viding chicken to one sixty five, you're not setting the sous vide for one sixty five. No, no. For sous vide, you do get the water at that temperature, and then it sits in that water for however long. So you might put it at 145, and that's why sometimes you sous vide stuff. I haven't sous vide it, but someone would sous vide in the color. You're like, that's really weird. It's like, yeah, because you only cooked it to a temperature lower than we typically I, do. I have eaten um, sous vide chicken. Sous vide? Sous vide? I've, eat, I've eaten chicken that has been through a sous vide. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the meat bathtub. And it and it feels and it, it has a texture of what I would imagine raw chicken has yeah. a texture of. It's very Yeah, you're making the proper face, which is that mm. that Sean mm. doesn't think that's for him. Um I don't own a meat bathtub. Um I understand that it's appealing in terms of being able to cook in different ways, but Any, anything that, can that be a meat bathtub if me. you if you believe hard enough. Just Well, now <laughs> I own a human sized meat bathtub in my backyard. Ugh. Just just once again, COA for this. I'm not recommending any of this. Um, I have the least number of degrees or majors of anyone here, and the one I have is a Bachelor of Arts. So anything science, do not listen to me. I read it on the internet. That's all that should be said. Right. <laughs> yes, cook cook your meat properly, please. Um, but yeah, I, I would... For me, it's not a question of... Uh, whether or not there's too much kitchen crap. It's just getting the right kitchen crap. I own a shrimp devainer. 
Okay, you probably don't need that. Whereas it, I use it my was, thermometer, it was given which to is me. a good one. It was given to yeah, me as a fine. gift. Uh, but I mean, they're, I have, they're cool. Don't get I have wrong, never but... had occasion to use it. Yeah. Um, I prefer to eat my shrimp with the veins. <laughs> no, no, that's not the issue. Is that like get the head off the shrimp, or is that the? Uh, that means its own yes. podcast. Is the vein like inside of it? Is that are you eating? Are you buying live shrimp? No, well, if you're not uh, using it, you're not. But uh, no, but buying if you buy if you're buying store bought shrimp, uh, it's not always peeled and deveined. It is much cheaper to buy shell on non deveined shrimp. But Got it. preparing shrimp is a process. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Got it. Um, so yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on and, and do a uh, big idea from pop culture. Uh, I just finished another book. Uh, the, uh, this one of the the audio variety. Uh, I listened to the recording of Unmask Alice, uh, which is a book I initially heard about on the You're Wrong About podcast. Um, did either of you ever uh, read or have recommended to you that you should read Go Ask Alice? No. Don't no. know what that is. Oh, fascinating. Uh, okay. So Go Ask Alice is a book that was published in 1971. I think I have that right. Uh, it is the uh the cobbled together sort of found footage it's a it's a diary of a teenage girl uh an anonymous teenage girl who descends into a hell of uh drug use and sexual abuse and whatnot mm-hmm. okay um, I've, i have heard of it in some way. uh you it was used uh in in part uh, as propaganda for the war on drugs uh, by the Nixon administration. Uh, and this book is a pretty detailed accounting of uh, how uh, a Mormon woman by the name of Beatrice Sparks uh, invented Go Ask Alice and several sort of quasi-related sequels, um, you know, dealing with... So So this... She was like... She wound up being like the... Um, the sort of... Uh, Zelig of like... She was at the center of the satanic panic. Uh, the, you know, the, the war on drugs and the fear about LSD. And just like... All of these different threads are interwoven. The 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 sort of fear of Dungeons and Dragons that is a key part of the fourth season of Stranger Things. Like all of these threads are woven together um, and it's just, it's infuriating. Uh, this this woman, I, I, I have come away believing is one of the worst people that's ever lived um, and, and was just a complete self-aggrandizing fabulist invented uh, that she was a UCLA trained psychologist um, gave herself PhDs in her uh, her author naming on books. Uh, it went un 
sort of undiscovered, unchallenged by, you know, hundreds of people that uh, interviewed her, reviewed her books, etc. Uh, it, it was infuriating. Uh, Sounds like Herschel Walker. It does kind of sound like Herschel Walker. Uh, and, and it just is very sad because one of the, uh, one of the books, a book called Jay's journal, which deals with witchcraft, the occult, that sort of stuff, um, was actually based in part on the very real diary of a, a Utah of a LDS teenager who, <clears throat> had lots of struggles i think you know tried drugs stopped had had some sort of tumultuous relationship stuff um and, and uh and a, a strained relationship with his family ultimately did take his own life when he was 16 um and uh this this woman uh took uh took a copy of his diary given to her after his death by the boy's mother uh, and proceeded to twist it into a completely false tale of how uh, he uh, gleefully sold his soul to Satan. And I just, she, she claimed at several points to, you know, to be doing this because she thought it would help children and i don't think obviously this is not empirically empirically based in any way but i think there's no way around the fact that um she killed children um she purported that society was glamorizing suicide and and these sort of things and nope that's what you did um and uh I, I was genuinely upset to learn in the epilogue that she died peacefully in her sleep. So a uh, belated fuck you to Beatrice Sparks. And if you feel like getting angry too, uh, you should check out Unmask Alice. Do we have any music maybe to, to listen to while we get angry? Uh, well, it's funny you say that because if you listen to kind of some of the primo music for getting angry too, uh, she would, uh, say that you know you were veering into dangerous occult territory uh let's do it but it is yeah. it is time for a rolling stone rock trivia question so uh <clears throat> sorry kevin uh, i know we we had a, a question that was super duper not uh rock last week uh now we're doing an acdc question <laughs> sorry buddy uh okay uh, before joining the band ACDC as the lead singer, Bon Scott, R.I.P., uh, was in a band with his father. What instrument did Bon Scott start out playing? Was it A, the guitar, B, the harmonica, C, the bass, or D, the bagpipes? I'll say the bass. I think it's bagpipe. If you have heard the song, uh, I think it's Highway to Hell, um, you will know. Oh, no, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Uh, you will know that it is indeed the bagpipes. Yeah. I think he, I think he 
not oh wait no he's dead i was gonna say i feel like i've seen an acdc person play a bagpipe before but it may have been i'm sure they i'm you know i'm sure that they have a a touring bagpipe player for when they they play the bagpipe songs uh but yeah he died a long time ago um so yeah fun fun tidbit to to close out on um, all right, that's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, uh, or you can subscribe to the podcast feed on your device and pod app of choice. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Matt. Thanks for listening. Bye.